Hey everybody, this is the Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here, joined today by uh, Baseball Hall of Famer Johnny Bench, who's going to talk to us a little bit, a little bit about Opening Day. Uh, specifically, he's been enlisted by uh, Kingsford Charcoal to in a campaign to take back Opening Day. So I, I, I guess Johnny, first of all, thanks for for joining us. But um, happy to. Let, let's start there. Why, why do you feel the need to take back Opening Day? Well, because we lost it. I mean, it came to me because Cincinnati was the oldest team in baseball, and all of a sudden we weren't opening the season anymore. And I always, always thought that was wrong. I always thought that we should have opening day. And so they came back to me, and we kind of had fun with it and everything else about why shouldn't we have 15 teams and they should all be playing in the daytime, and we don't worry about the elements or if it's freezing or what the what the deal is. I mean, baseball should be played under best, the best conditions that it can be. And they've assured me that if we can get I'm, – I'm, I'm pushing for a national baseball day. I want I want Congress to uh, enact that. Oh, national baseball day, we have one day where everybody in America celebrates the game of baseball, and we have a big barbecue in every city, and we enjoy the game, and uh, y'all get fired up about it, and, and we can always watch any highlights we want to when we get back to the house. That's definitely a campaign I, c- I could get behind. Uh, so <laughs> – <laughs> with with opening day now being you know different, and we have opening night, and now this year there's three games uh, on on Sunday before technically opening day is Monday. Uh, who's who's to blame for this? Who who do you blame? Well, you know, you know, it's about money and sponsorships and then advertisers and everything else. I mean, it's all about you know we're trying to get everybody to watch TV for you know 48 hours or 72 hours. Uh, of watching the games and everything else and not being able to miss anything and getting involved maybe with other teams as well and seeing what the Cubs and the Yankees are going to do, seeing what the Dodgers might do and the Astros or will the Royals come back and have another great campaign. So it's just about the fact that we can, you know, we can always spend more advertising dollars on, on more games and we can get more broadcasters and we can get more stats out there and we'll start another uh, acronym for something else that, uh, we all don't understand, and whether we whip it or wore it or whatever we do. <laughs> so I, I have to say I watched the, the ads, and uh, they were pretty entertaining and not necessarily what, what I had expected when I heard about this. Um, how did the idea come about, and were you at all nervous? Because you do some singing in there. Well, I mean, take me out of the ball game. I mean, Harry Carey can do, uh, you know, uh, take me out of the game. So, well, take you out of one, two, three. So it's just, you know, the whole idea of being able to take the parody that everybody understands about take me out to the ball game and know it and everything else and have a different sort of slant on it, one of anger, disgust, or sadness or whatever. And, you know, because you, you feel all of that when you, you know, you're saying, well, darn, they've, they've taken my game away in Cincinnati. Well, I'm disgusted or I'm angry about the fact that they've done it. I'm sad that the fact that we don't have it again. And so it was just a, a whole idea, a very creative one from Kingsford, that uh, this would all be the way it is. And, and uh, it was fun. I mean, that's the way we treated it and enjoyed it. And so, you know, they, they i got to tell you, they, the video turned out uh, better than I expected because I wasn't sure how I was going to – come across by singing the different lyrics especially to try to put them in into sequence so but it was fun it was really a lot of fun and, and actually you got involved in you you know the, the more you got involved the more you started thinking you know what well, we should have just one opening day and we should have it in cincinnati you mentioned all the emotions which are a, a, a nod to inside out the movie 
Um, I guess have you have you seen that movie? I will say this: I cried when I saw it. Did you cry if you saw it? I haven't seen Inside Out. You should watch it. I, want, I, I, I guess call, I will. Call me back and let me know if you if you cried. I cried. I'm, I'm not I'm not too scared to admit that. Yeah, I mean I, I you know when you know I saw a League of Their Own and when the girls pulled up in the bus, um, I I cried. You know when they got to the Hall of Fame, I, I was I teared out. I mean, I, it's just what it is. It was just, you know, getting to that point in the field of dreams when that, you know, here I am at the evening playing uh, with my dad, uh, playing catch with my dad. I mean, that's where I was when I was three years old was playing catch with my dad. And so, uh, yeah, you, you shed a few tears when you see things that take you back to, to that first time you showed up at the Hall of Fame or the first time you ever played catch with your dad and never had a chance to do it again. I know, uh, you know, lately there's been a lot of comments about people complaining about the game of baseball. Uh, you know, you've, you've done this campaign to take back opening day. What else is wrong with baseball in your mind? Nothing. I mean, it's just our attitude about guys are overpaid. We always think that they're overpaid. And we think they don't play hurt. And we don't think they, uh, you know, sometimes are, are as talented or as skilled as, uh, as we were. Did yet they're the best athletes in the world right now. These guys... I go to spring training, they're all monsters, they're all 6'3", with no body fat, and they're all, you know, can run and jump over buildings and everything else, and pitching has become so much stronger with the, the advent of the guys who throw so hard, and that the, the bullpen now with the seventh, you got a seventh, six, sixth inning pitcher, seventh inning pitcher, eighth inning pitcher, and then the closer, and, you know, it's just sort of like, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, we change more than the game has. We we will go in with an attitude that they're either overpaid, and we show guys on highlights that are, uh, you know, making errors. And so the next time we go to the game, we hear things so negative about the game when there's so many great things about it. And if we would just appreciate the fact of the skill and talent of these guys, I think we'd appreciate it that much more. Because I have my guys. You know, I still watch Trout, and I watch Posey, and I watch Salvador Perez, and I and Brian and guys in the Cubs, and then I see Joey Votto. I mean, all of these guys, the way they approach the game, and they love the game, they respect the game. I, I still have it. You see the pitching staffs. I mean, let's take the Mets and the pitching staff that they have. And you see guys that – and you see the resurgence of the Astros. You see the Royals win. I mean, all of these things are great stories. And, and it just is what – you know, what – it just consummates what the whole season's all about is that somebody – who has never been there and never had a chance, and all of a sudden they win the big one. It's really special. You mentioned uh, guys getting criticized for maybe not playing hurt. You know, you played a really physically demanding position. I think we saw Salvador Perez take a lot of foul balls off his mask during the playoffs. Um, does that concern you at all, just watching catchers today as compared to maybe when you played? Well, we're developing, trying to develop some masks that will help prevent that and everything else. But I, I'm shocked because I got hit. Of course, they, they use more of the hockey mask now. And I, heard, I was the first one ever to wear a helmet catching, and I did that in the, in 66 down in the Carolina League. And then I with the mask, I, I, turned, I had a temper, so I would break the helmet because I'd make it out, and I'd throw the helmet, and I'd crack it, and I'd have to buy a new one. So I put, and the mask was always loose, and it kept coming across and cutting my nose with the bar. And, so I put this, I had the helmet on, I turned it around, put that mask on, and I thought, gosh, this is great. So I got hit a hundred times, but I mean, I never experienced what, you know, Avila did and what happened to Posey and then what happened to Salvador. And Salvador may be catching a little too far back because 
that glove should be stopping a lot of that. But, I mean, he's a fantastic catcher, an unbelievable talent. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm very concerned about the, the concussions. I, I, we've done studies and trying to figure out ways of preventing a lot of the injuries and developing things for kids in the little leagues to absorb any kind of uh, impact so that they can reduce any amount of concussion. Because once you have one concussion, then it's easier to get. It takes less impact. I mean, you can do a whiplash and get a concussion. So, But but when these guys are getting hit and they just go starry-eyed, that, that is of great concern because I don't want to see anybody, and I don't want me down the road to have any kind of Alzheimer's or dementia that's caused from that. Johnny, where do you stand on the on the bat flips? I mean, we've seen this become a big issue lately with, with Goose Gossage coming out and what he said and, and you know what Bryce Harper said about players wanting to have more personality. Um, it, it seems like you're not, you know, a, a grumpy old guy who hates everything new. So, uh, you know, where, where do you stand on that debate? I mean, Reggie, you know, Reggie did a style, you know, and then we had guys that always did a style. I flipped my bat a couple of times, and it was like, you know, you don't, you do it in a situation that really is, you know, means something in the game. If it's a ninth inning, it's a game winner, yes, okay? But if you're out there just for your own individual purpose of being able to somebody to recognize me or do your own, hey, look at me thing, you know, it's, you're playing on a team, and you don't want to show up. In the old days, of course, the pitchers would retaliate and knock you down the next time, and you have to live with what you, you know, what you do, and you understand that going in. It's an unwritten rule. But now these guys today, I think it starts in little league. I think it starts with the fact that we don't have enough fun in the kid for the kids in baseball. I think we're just at a point where, you know, we let we let kids pitch too early and they're wild and they hit kids and then the kids want to quit and and we just can't have people quit. We've got to have people have success in little league and they'll want to continue to play baseball and you know, not at seven or eight years old, not want to play the next season. We've got kid. I want kids to be able to go out there and have fun and have success and get a pitching machine, throw it over the plate, let the guy hit it, let the kids learn to feel, let them learn to throw, let them earn the arts and skills of the game. And I think from that point on, I think we can bring back a lot of new fans. Yeah, I guess to follow up on that, how how much of losing young fans is a concern? I mean, I know, you know, for me, a lot of what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm watching, I'm streaming games and watching on MLB TV, and I feel like that's what the younger fan is doing. And maybe people don't talk about that as much. They they cite some of the TV numbers, which include older fans. Um, I guess this isn't so much with with Little League, but you know, part of it is like you said, some of these kids aren't playing and they're choosing other sports. So, what can baseball do to appeal to them? Well, they are. They're choosing soccer now. Now lacrosse, you can put a mask and you can put equipment and pads and stick, give them a stick and have them run all the four over the field and hit people and everything else. And, you know, that doesn't take a lot of, you know, a whole lot of skill as far as what is, you know, compared to baseball about being able to throw and hit and the timing and everything goes with it. So, you know, like I say, if you want you want kids to, to be enjoy themselves, you want them to make contact. You want them to learn to hit the baseball. Then once you hit baseball, they, they go out there and they go out long enough, they'll learn to field it and they'll learn to throw it properly and they'll learn to do something. And they may, they may stay three or four years instead of the first year and they said, I don't want to play again. And, and that, that just, you know, for me, it takes out of all of the, the kids' enthusiasm to understand and appreciate the game of baseball. Because it doesn't matter what size you are in baseball, you can play. It's the, it's the, you know, you don't have to be a 300 pounder to play football or run through a wall with like the running backs or be a, 
you know, a, a linebacker. Basketball, you don't have to be seven feet tall and, you know, jump over buildings. But with baseball, it doesn't matter what size you are. Freddie Pontek from 5'4", all the way up to Randy Johnson. All of these guys make you understand that baseball is really special and it's a skilled level, and everybody can say, I played the game. Again, Johnny, I feel like you're, um, you know, a little more open to the different generations and stuff, but it does feel like there's a growing generational divide in baseball when you see things like, you know, the takeout slides changing, some of the new rules, and there's a lot of people, you know, saying that that they're changing the game too much. Um, do Do you think that's being blown out of proportion? Yeah, I mean, you know, second base has always been. Ned Rule's been there 100 years. We call Utley slid in and Wade slid in. So now they're making a big deal out of it. I, You know, that was no big deal. We had, everybody did that. And, and you know, running over a catcher and taking him, Bruce Bochy had three catchers carried off the field. I mean, and, you know, for a guy's career and for a guy's future, I mean, here's Posey who gets hurt, you know, and doesn't fulfill all the stuff and all the people that want to see him and everything else. And you certainly don't want, you know, little leaguers to think, you know, watch these guys and then all they do is thinking about run over the catcher because they're going to emulate the people on TV and they're going to emulate let's run over the catcher and knock him down. And, I mean, that's just that's just a lot of wrong things to teach these kids. And, yeah, I'm not huge. I mean, I like the slide rule as far as a, a runner is concerned. But at the same time, there was always a way of being out in front of the plate, let the guy slide, go in and make the tag and the impact. Uh, but you, when you get a guy carried off the field too many times, you start to say we need to do something about it. One one change that I think is really interesting and maybe getting maybe isn't getting enough attention. Um, I think I think the tobacco rules is is kind of fascinating. Some of these states, you know, players aren't going to be able to chew anymore. Um, how, how do you see that going over uh, with with MLB players. Well, they've they've had that rule in the minor leagues for years, so you were never allowed to have any smokeless tobacco or chew in, in the minor leagues. So these guys are already trained. They're, it's no big deal. I mean, to, to most of them, ninety nine percent of them don't never chewed, never dipped, and so it's not really a problem for them. They don't have anything to to do with. They're just going to keep continue to say that uh, you know you need to continue to do this and you just follow on. We're just carrying it on. And Joe Garagiola started this a hundred years ago. And it's been very successful in the minor leagues to try to get guys away from smoking and chewing and dipping and doing all the things that they do. So it's just all for the benefit of their health down the road. I wanted to get back to opening day real quick. You had mentioned Cincinnati, obviously a a big place for for opening day. Uh, every they they the Reds always open the season at home. What was that experience like as a player? Well, I mean, it was kind of a mixed emotion because. You know, you fly back up there the day or the day two days before from spring training, and now you're trying to get everything organized. You're trying to get tickets for all your people and friends and family that's in. They need to stay somewhere. You spend more time worrying about them. And then, then of course, you know, there, you understand that it is the tradition. You're going to have the Budweiser uh, team on the field. You're going to have the elephants. You're going to have the Shriners. You're going to have marching bands, and you're going to have the flyovers and all that. And all that was was real good because that's the way the town prepared itself. That's that was the enthusiasm and the preparation they made for that. So you had a, you had an hour basically that was set aside that you weren't on the field, 
And then, of course, it's the anticipation of the fact that now you've either made your first team or now you've got to go out there with a pitcher that you've got to try to get there and how are we going to match up. And it is the first game of the season. What's our year going to turn out to be? And so now you're all, you know, you've got so many things focused on that. You just can't wait till game time just to get everything else out of the way. Johnny, one of the uh, longest-running debates on the Internet, uh, I wanted to get your take on it. And I think, you know, the fact that you're aligned with Kingsford here, I think it makes it a perfect uh, perfect question for you. People are, are torn about whether a hot dog is a sandwich. I mean, this is just ongoing debate for years. As, as someone who, again, you know, bringing back opening day, bringing you back grills, is a hot dog a sandwich? Um. I've always considered it food, and I've always considered it really good with mustard and uh, and ketchup, and hardly a little relish, but a nice steamed bun. And I would have to say, wow, this is one of the toughest things I've ever had to. This is the kind of stuff that tears countries apart. Hot dog. Oh my gosh, I don't want to ruin everything. I mean, I've got good friends at Smithfield, and then I, (laughs) I I just don't want to do that. I'm going to say. That is, it's gourmet eating. <laughs> created created a new term. Chris, is that an acceptable answer for you? I that's that's a good way to get out of it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy opening day. It's been a pleasure to be with you guys. Thanks, Johnny. We appreciate it. Take care. All right.